and welcome to another episode of The Queer Quadrant, a podcast where we, two bisexual filmmakers, examine cinema in all its cultural context and explore why your favorite four-quadrant blockbuster is maybe not as straight as you think it is. It's really nice to watch a movie where you get reminded of how cringy you were in high school. Like, this really threw me back to my Honda Civic that was covered with progressive bumper stickers, how loud I was about politics, but in an obnoxious way, not in a good way, you know what I mean? Where I'm like, I am so progressive, guys. Look at me. And little, if only I was out, I would have fully been Caitlyn Deaver in this. (laughs) Uh, and I also have a crush on Diana Silvers. So it's really, I, mean, I am just in, you know, I am this character, you know, it's really nice to see. I'm glad you brought up the bumper stickers. Cause mm. like, I think that's like the perfect distillation of like who these girls yes. are. And yes. I, I remember I saw some people being like, oh, well this is like, this feels like a lot to include. And I was like, no, this is exactly <laughs> what their car would look like. Yes. We all know this. Absolutely. Um, I'm so excited to talk about this movie. It's going to be great. Absolutely. Hi, I'm Brooke Solomon. Jordan Gustafson. We love talking about cinema we love talking about being queer we love talking about queer cinema do you think that we're movie smart we are movie smart oh my god at least you are i would say i'm more book smart than movie smart Mm. as you can attest that's true that's true you've only seen two movies yeah but Mm. here we are talking about those two movies on mic (laughs) um and we are joined today by the lovely rowan ellis author of here and queer uh along with a lot of other amazing stuff on the internet thank you so much for being here thank you so much for inviting me i'm very excited to i guess talk about this movie and um all of its queer text because i feel like subtext it's more text in this one than it is subtext yes Yes. we got which is a rarity (laughs) and it's you know but it originally wasn't oh oh which is interesting solomon yeah sneak attack some lore coming in here some lore i mean this movie kind of like famously had a tortured script process not necessarily Mm. pre-production but like it went through a lot of drafts and like the original draft of the script which was on the blacklist was like a much more like broad more female super bad type Mm. like two girls looking to go to an after prom party and both of them were straight and both of their love interests i will say i've read the original script are like pretty bare bones like it's very fun and it has like this like a good chaotic energy that i feel like Like this is definitely chaotic yeah yes and they they are smart so it's like that's part of are they book smart (laughs) though um but yeah, it's like, I think missing a lot of what makes this like such a unique movie in the mm. original concept proof that it's never finished until you go into production or until you make it gay, until you make it gay, you mm. gotta, I'm so curious around why did you pick this movie out of all the movies? Um, I suppose similar to you guys, there was a bit of a personal vibe with this one. I feel like the, um, I was like very academic in school. I, not through any, you know, socio-political reasons, but I am essentially straight edge in that I'm <laughs> just don't drink, don't do drugs, anything like that. Um, so it was very interesting to see this idea of like, oh, here are some girls who have kind of concentrated a lot on the academics. Um, 
I was also mm -hmm. openly gay when I was in uh, high school. And so I was like, mm, yes, I see what is going on here. Like had a lot of activist mm -hmm. stuff going on in my life then. Um, and so I was like, yes, uh, I was very much vibing with that. And I think also the portrayal of female friendship in this movie in particular is really interesting and quite, uh, I, th I think I know a lot of women who watch the fight scene in this movie and are like this is too real like yeah. this is too this they, this didn't need to go that hard um and so i think it's really interesting looking at the kind of friendships as well as the kind of romance element of of queerness or of just like women's stories in general yeah absolutely i think that that is like such and more proof that like if you make a main character gay it automatically like gives you so much more room to play with the different dynamics because like I absolutely love like the main friendship between Beanie Feldstein and Caitlin Deaver and like the adding the layer that like Caitlin Deaver's character Amy like is gay and sort of like how how they interact about that in like mm. the best way I really like and I I find the height the fight scene like extremely hard to watch like so I good. kind of have to like look away a little bit like this time I was like I know what happens <laughs> I'm just gonna take a second because it hurts it does yeah it's painful it's a great mm. great movie I what's yeah what's your relationship with it how'd you come to it I mean, I literally saw this thing opening night. I have been tracking it for so long because like all of us on this podcast, I was also like a total loser <laughs> in high school and very much in this like super, super academic, like straight A, straight laced, uh -huh. no fun allowed, way too many extracurriculars um, box that I was putting myself <laughs> in. Yes. And I do remember getting very frustrated that there were kids. Um, I went to like a pretty... I went to a Catholic high school where there were like a lot of kids with a lot of wealth and a lot of kids with like absolutely no wealth at mm. all. So there was like this weird disconnect between like the popular rich kids who didn't really try in school, but were going to like Ivy's and places like Duke and Georgetown and whatever, because going to New Haven. Yes. <laughs> that's just kind of like, that's what the vibe was. And I remember being as mad as mm. Molly is in this movie, even though I went to Emerson college, which I would not consider an Ivy league. Mm, I would not. No, definitely not. It was very weird because like I was part of the academic crowd and then I was like, I'm going to go to film school. Yeah, I'm going to be um, artsy. Goodbye, all of you. Uh, but yeah, I'm still that. an overachiever. You know this. Oh, yes. You know, no, I can't this, let this movie can't be chill about anything. Like a definitely like a, I feel like a core part of your being. Yeah. Having just known you for so long. Solomon core yeah. for sure. Yeah. How absolutely. about you? How about no, you? No, absolutely. Same. Yeah. Uh, Ro, when you said you were more straight edged in high, uh, high school, I was like, oh, yep. Big same. Yeah. Like this, like <laughs> we're all boring. Here comes around and you're like. Hmm, maybe I like should do stuff with my life, but like grades are so important and like succeeding is like the most important thing in the world and overwhelming myself with things. Yeah, I think it just sort of hit at a, a nice spot when it came out in my life, sort of like what I was thinking about going through and everything like that. Even though I wasn't out in high school, it does sort of capture, I think, a lot of the flirting that I deeply relate to. <laughs> you um, mean the incredible awkward, being unable to like mm -hmm. finish a sentence. You know, I really am really seen there. But yeah, no, it really just kind of just is such a nice, I think, at its core movie. And I feel like that's why I've sort of gone back to it so many times sort of since its release. And obviously, like, I think that this movie gets knocked a lot with its portrayal of like feminism and like wokeness as being like, not 
like progressive or anything but like watching it this time i found it almost like commenting and like joking upon it i think it's like much more knowing about how these girls are such a specific breed of like activists and like that while that's obviously a great thing and i completely agree but there's a a specific energy you have in high school that i think this movie's tackling that i think people knock it for thinking that that's this movie's activism doesn't like have a commentary on it but i think this movie's much more like knowing about sort of the humor and everything that it's going for it doesn't matter how smart you are when you're 17 you do not have a completely nuanced understanding of what activism is like i think it's so perfect i think like in the level that they that they chose and I, i yeah i was very confused by that with people being like okay but like this isn't really like a good version of like mm. activism or progressivism and it's like this is what you do when you're 17 years old right. like right. this is what you think this is so what's been really interesting um i host a, a co-host a podcast called the queer movie podcast um and very much running in parallel to to what you do over here um and we also host um monthly watch alongs of queer movies and we used to do them weekly kind of during the height of the pandemic um, and we chat about it on Discord. And one of the most interesting things was how quickly people judge main characters. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that like immediate judgment really sticks with people to the very end. Like there's a lot of stuff they just like, really will not forgive the smallest indiscretions. And I think it's really interesting because for us, I imagine as people who are immersed within the idea of like narrative and filmmaking and storytelling and all that kind of stuff. For us, it's like, oh, you have, like these characters have to have flaws. Like if you had the perfect activist character who was also an amazing person and was like doing everything right, that is not an interesting story. Yes. Like what do they have to learn? Like the, there's nothing there to act. There's no like meat to those bones. Um, And so for me, it makes, it makes total sense to have these characters who like have these good intentions or not so good intentions that are all very mixed up with their own personalities. It's not like a separate thing. Um, And it's not that when you are, you know, seeking to be an activist, you are just also such a virtuous, perfect person. That messiness feels very realistic, especially when you're looking at, you know, teenagers who haven't really experienced a whole ton yet and essentially are finding things that they're passionate, that they care about that might not necessarily be things that they have themselves experienced, which seems to be kind of what goes on with Amy and Molly within their particular brand of activism. Definitely. Yeah. And it's, I like that it is sort of pitched as something where it's, it's okay that this is how they are because they have so much more growing to do. Totally. Um, I think it is a, a modern and like contemporary way to look at what it's like to be a high schooler and how much growing you still have to do because like, you know, especially in the last, I would say 10 years, there's been a lot of like, you need to educate yourself at a young age. You need to be aware of like the societal societal repercussions of like these big ticket issues that you're going to experience for the rest of your life. And I think that like, this is a very good way to integrate that and be like, yeah, but at the end of the day, like you're still 17 and you don't know what you're talking about. It's like the facades. I think that we all sort of put up at that age and like how we try to like be the coolest version of ourselves and how deep down, like, we're like all kind of, and I mean, like still to today, we're all like deeply insecure. And I feel like that's why <laughs> yeah, I love, you know? <laughs> or at least mis- speaking as me. Um, and that's sort of why I love Jer Bear and everything that he sort of shows in this film, because like, obviously he's so funny and like, there's like a lot of like heart to him, 
But like at the end of the day, like it's so much of him is such a performance and like mm-hmm. even like triple A, like all these people, it's like everything that they're exuding is like these walls that they're putting up just because in high school you want people to think that you're like this cool person or like you have all your shit together and whether that be like you go cause you're book smart or you're like super popular, but it's like sort of analyzing the ways in which like we at that age are able to sort of like construct our lives to kind of protect ourselves while also trying to like make ourselves look cooler on the outside. It's a great addition to like the high school movie canon. Like it's Absolutely. right up there with all of the greats. And like I said, I think like it is like it feels like an authentic evolution of what high schoolers are like today yes. with by people that actually understand that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but like I feel like this is such a more accurate portrayal of like what a party in high school would be, even though it's like obviously like bigger and like the school is insane with how much they're partying and stuff because it looks like the most fun set ever. But like it feels more realistic, you know what I mean? Even in the way like they throw like a murder mystery fucking party. Yes. Yeah. I um need to confess the fact that I, from the age of 14, every single birthday threw a murder mystery party in which I Hell also yeah. cooked a full like five course themed dinner at the same time. So I was that bitch. Like I was that the rules. theater kid that was doing that. So as soon as that, like I thought I was being called out by um, <laughs> my, by mod, by um, Amy's character. I was like, wow, cool. This like little lesbian, like out in it. And then all the theater nerds party arrived. And I was like, oh no, like this is really just cutting too deep at this point. I'm secretly George. I mean, hey. I love him so much when he's like Barcelona, Barcelona. and he just, it's so cutting and he's so funny. And he like has the same energy that Billy has where he like kind of shows up everywhere. And you're like, I love when he's here. Yeah, and their little interactions are great. Oh, yeah. I think I don't think you need to be embarrassed about that Absolutely though. Absolutely not. That's so cool. Did... No embarrassment at all for it. Amazing. We did that exact same thing. Yeah. Mm, this year. Yeah, we're big murder mystery fans. <laughs> like, so. less than it's just so ago. good. It's the best. It's the best. I. Used Why do to... you not want to put on a theatrical play with your friends? Mm-hmm. That's fun. <laughs> when I was a kid, I had the American Girl doll themed ones, and they were like for oh? different eras, and you could Kit throw like an a American whole... murderer. Yeah. Well, they were they, they were like not murder mysteries. Yeah, it was no, more like, like something's mystery, yeah. missing that you have to go mm. find like nancy drew Cute. style That's it was adorable. great it's very you we were both very theater sweet. kids too um, i wasn't a theater kid but i feel like in spirit i was were... you know yeah so like for this i was the vp in my class and i did all sports so i'm sort of like the um what's his name you are mason, uh, gooding. mason gooding yeah <laughs> but deep down i was like i just want to be a theater kid what am i doing with my life so. real Troy Bolton energy mm-hmm. right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was class president freshman year and then I got outvoted by a popular kid sophomore year and I never looked <gasps> back. Dude, I know. Drama. It's okay. It's probably for the best because no one relies on me to plan the high school reunions, which will never happen. I feel like this is one of those movies though that I actually do feel like we could sort of weave through the plot kind of because I think it kind of brings us to like wonderful. fun sequences and moments and it like lets us also like kind of have moments to talk about certain characters. Cause I feel like in what makes a good high school movie specifically is when you have a well-rounded cast of care, a good high school yes. comedy yes. when you have a good ensemble cast. And this mm-hmm. movie is such a good ensemble cast. So it's, I feel like it will let us have little pops to be like, Ooh, he's great. You know? Cause everyone's great. It's yeah. very mm-hmm. difficult. I think to pick like just one standout. There is like, I feel like, Everyone's mind immediately jumps to Billy Lord, but it's like, I mean, she's I mean, incredible iconic, yes. in this film, but there are so many other people that are also like, honestly Delivering on that level. Goods, yeah. But also I think like that's kind of part, partly because of part of like 
Amy and Molly's journey is the idea of like, hey, maybe we should see all of these like people that we have kind of viewed as the ensemble cast of our movie in mm. our own lives yeah. as like actual human beings. And so it's really interesting uh, for a lot of these characters, you get the kind of fun, high concept, like scene, like beautiful, like, hello, we're going to give you your fun party scene where we're in the murder mystery house and you get your bit. But then we're also afterwards going to have like a little glimpse into who you you are and who we would see if the movie had just been like the point of view had shifted slightly and it had been about your final party before you went to college instead yeah. um so I really I really love that kind of element of the movie yeah and that it shows that like even though Molly and Amy feel like total outsiders and that they're like the only kids that didn't have fun in like the traditional like party it up way that like the class really is fractured into like everyone's different idea of mm. like fun and like what the imprint that they will like want to leave behind like the theater kids don't even show up to Nick's party mm -mm. um but you don't feel like they're missing from a big chunk of the script because right. like we got to spend so much authentic time with them no absolutely yeah. yeah I will say the only thing that I have I'll just get this out of the way my only knock on this movie not my, I don't know, whatever, but is okay, this is set in Los Angeles and their graduating class is so small for realistically <laughs> being like it, like the way that at least in my brain is like, they're like a Melrose high school. No, they're like Sherman Oaks. They're, oh, they're, uh, they're, uh, they're further up. Okay. They're in like pro Valley proper. Mm, yeah. Okay. Okay. Cause then they go to like Marina Del Rey, but then, but then they're, yeah. They pop all over. Sorry, this is very LA. <laughs> I'm like, I got no clue what you're talking about. I'm just like smiling and nodding like, yeah, like, yeah. Mm, oh my yeah, gosh, yeah, totally. So yeah. if you live in LA, this is a real like, oh my God, I know that place Weedos kind of pizza movie. Weedos Pizza is know? a real pizza place. But that's why okay. I say that it's like up in the valley. Like mm, if we want to okay. tie it to current events, like licorice pizza style, it's up there because Lido's Pizza is like right. their touchstone, which is like in Glendale. So right. this is like there we go, we did it. True LA suburbs, not bougie, fancy corporate, mm, perfect okay. celebrity LA. So in that same vein, I have a question for both of you, which oh, yes. is when you have a movie set in high school in America, I feel like there's an an element of um, key difference to <laughs> high school set things in England, which is that it's very legal to drink and have parties here at 18. Um, <laughs> but it but it isn't over there. Like, would you say it's pretty realistic to have these kind of like high school movie style parties, or is it very much like this is just kind of a wishful thinking, like kind of what uh, teenagers wished was happening to like seem cool? Yeah, yes. it's yes. complete wish wishful thinking. I'm sure that there are. I would say more affluent suburban communities that throw these kinds of things. But like also America is like so large, like there's so much land that like, unless you live in a particular suburban community, it's, you're just not getting the like, prototypical. Kind of everyone's coming big party. Yeah. yeah. Like mm -hmm. I never attended a party in high school um, because I wasn't invited, but um, <laughs> like I know for a fact that people would literally go party in the woods. Cause I grew up mm. in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was yeah. definitely like that. It was a lot of beaches. I feel like for for me growing up like a lot of like that prom obviously like in a house but like the amount of alcohol and like how much people were like having fun is like completely like blown out no. of proportion no yeah. I Love never that. experienced anyone doing a keg stand no. or any of that I also think that like it truly is such a huge difference between being able to drink at 18 and being able to drink at 21 like yeah. It's so many years of like that specific development, developmental process when you're like, totally. I want to go to a party and I want to drink. 
and I want to flirt with people and like the illegal aspect um as being like part of that I think really changes the attitude and makes like American high school partying much more like intense and like reckless because you're like well I have to I could be caught at any moment I have to get in as much as I can let's go 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 Yeah, yeah exactly like there's no class to it is there <laughs> i mean i can tell you right now there's no class to the <laughs> parties that are happening in in school in the uk but like i know people it was like quite normal i feel like for there to be alcohol at parties like from when people were about 14 it was pretty typical so it's always really interesting seeing i feel like the american high school experience kind of is um mythologized in an interesting way in by hollywood yes. um in the way that a lot of america is kind of fictionally mythologized like oh, yes looking into the actual history of like the 1950s like oh my gosh it's so uh just don't look behind us at all of the horrendous things happening at the same time as this like stepford wise style cute stuff um like Very cowboys true. or like war movies like it feels oh, like a yeah. lot of hollywood is like mythologizing these like key aspects of america and what it is to be american and so yeah it's really interesting kind of um for me hearing about the accuracy versus like mm, maybe the cycle of like this has been portrayed fictionally and therefore young people feel like this is what we should be doing like this is what the cool people are doing whereas um yeah in the UK it's just a lot of idiots drinking on their mum's like sofa at 15. Yep. Has there been do you think like move because like obviously like super bad this or like I feel like those like high school like um, like quintessential like American movies are there like British do you feel that like kind of capture like what you think is like the idealized like British high school experience? You know what? I'm not really sure. I feel like a lot of people are talking at the moment about the fact we haven't had a like quintessential British like school movie in a while. Like people, yeah. they kind of used to be, um, I feel like Skins is the one everyone talks about, which is kind of the equivalent of like, this is not realistic, but it's kind of this weird aspirational idea of like these really cool, like drama filled, the pre-euphoria yeah. <laughs> world of Skins. Um but yeah, no, I, I know it's like actually an interesting conversation at the moment amongst like kind of people who are interested in in British film is that um, we had like rocks recently, um, yeah. which a lot of people really loved and, and really, really saw their own experiences in. But in general, like we kind of have a dearth of, of like teen movie stuff going on. Mm. I always think of like the, and I feel like this is not even accurate, but I think about that like mid 2000s kick of like Angus Thongs and perfect snotting. Yeah, this, and, was, like, this is like the heyday, yeah. like Wild Child. Like this is what everyone's yeah. Trinians, like that was what everyone kind of wanted to come back. Like, and I think that the way in which we're cycling around, obviously like trends cycling around um, and also the age of filmmakers getting to be the age where they can then look back at nostalgia at what they were watching. Like we kind of feel like we're getting there, but we're just waiting for that like new wave to come, I think in the UK. Yeah, no, totally. I think that that is uh, interesting because you do go through, I feel like people think of like generations in like these big cycles and it's really more like shallow like dips than I Mm -hmm. think people think, but there is definitely this like rise and fall and you do get periods where it's just like nobody is in like the right position of power to like make the new crop of whatever movie is yeah well i mean Mm -hmm. even this movie i think fits so interestingly within that because you have the super bads you have this like late 2000s early 2010s sort of boom of like the american studio comedies these mid-budget comedies that are like huge everyone goes to see them we all love them they're sort of like these cultural touchstones and then the sort of the superhero wave and sort of like this current wave that we're in has sort of swept in and we don't really get 
the mid-budget or like studio mm-hmm. comedy anymore and so i feel like this blockers and even like good boys maybe but yeah. like felt sort of so shocking at the time because it was like wow this is like a major release of like a comedy mm-hmm. that a lot of people are going to go see and then this movie sort of fumbles the i mean all three kind of like don't necessarily like good over- boys weirdly did good boys really does well. really well but yeah. like this movie like because of the current like landscape doesn't connect as much so it doesn't like it's like sort of like we're because we're in that lull it doesn't have i think the cultural power that like super bad did at the time mm. it's crazy to look at like i mean super bad is like the best sort of like just like the easy go-to yeah yeah like direct parallel mm-hmm. um but it's like it was so sad when this movie came out and it made absolutely no money in theaters but it like had a really pretty good second life on streaming yeah. but I don't know. I just think it was like right on the cusp of being like, we can still make a mid-budget theatrical movie for like young people happen. And then we couldn't. Not a lot of people saw it. We couldn't and we didn't. Well, I feel like it had like a, I feel like the cultural impact of Booksmart, like I feel like it was a thing a lot of people were talking about and it did like way make over its budget, like because of the fact it was a low budget, like in comparison to like the, the way that like you said, you'd have all these superhero movies and these ones that were just like, ridiculous money being thrown at them to have something mm-hmm. with a budget was like it was un- I, I don't know how much it was but it was definitely like under 10 mil i think it might have been like five or six mil for this movie and so it's and it earned like way over that so it felt like even though it was like this idea of like in comparison to what other movies have been coming out it feels like it's a it's like didn't do as well in reality if you're looking at like the way that it the numbers yeah. grew like the numbers like it kind of was great and um, i totally. will say because you mentioned it blockers one of like on my list of like the underrated movies, I will tell yeah. people to love that movie. I yes. loved yeah. Blockers so much. And I watched it on a plane like years and years ago. And I like, didn't even <laughs> think, and it was like one of those movies that I was like, I'm never going to watch this except in this very particular circumstance where I'm trapped in a seat with nothing else to do because I feel like the advertising for it was not really showing what it was. It was kind of showing all of the worst scenes from the movie yeah. because it was like kind of all of those scenes that were like the, the drunk high school comedy like the kind of stuff where it was like let's just talk about body humor and all this kind of stuff that realistically i feel like the people who are into the body humor would not have necessarily been satisfied by the movie and the people who actually would have liked it never really got their foot in the door because the trailers kind of missold it so badly so yeah it's one of my movies that i'm always like if anyone asks for a recommendation of like a like a queer high school music movie or something that's underrated or anything like that. I'll be like, okay, but have you seen blockers like this? I know, I know you won't have seen this one. Um, yes. So yeah, no, I love that you mentioned it. It's like a secret queer kind of great movie. Cause it you is. don't think it it, I, I didn't even know that it was queer. I think going in no, or maybe either. like subtly, yeah, but it was yeah. like, you go and you're like, fuck, this is amazing. <laughs> and like, everyone is really giving such well-timed performances. I completely agree. Mm-hmm. I, we both love that fucking movie so yeah, much. It's really good. It, and I, yeah, I think it missed like a whole chunk of its audience because like you said, from the trailers, it kind of looks like an unprogressive movie. You're like, yeah. did they really make a film about like parents trying to cock block their kids? Like, mm-hmm. is this really right. like what we're doing? And it is actually like a great message. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like what I was saying about the idea of like you people who watch a movie and immediately get stuck on whatever the like the initial premise is which you kind of know if you like when you start the movie you're like oh the whole point is that they're wrong like and yeah. the movie's gonna yes. say that like these parents are wrong for doing this and i really felt like that like not to go too far into a totally different movie while we're discussing no we well, love this but um <laughs> 
But I really felt like that storyline, the queer storyline was a storyline with like a very particular relationship with a parent that I hadn't really seen in a queer storyline before. The dynamic mm -hmm. between those two was so interesting and it was so just like a twist on all of the kind of stereotypical um, kind of tropes that they were hitting on and then subtly subverting that I just very much appreciated. Totally. It's lovely. It's so good. And I think like it has a lot of similar DNA with this movie. And mm -hmm. like, I really yeah. love sort of like, wow, they're only in one scene, but like Lisa Kudrow and, and Will, um, Forte. Will Forte, like <laughs> so, I really do so like good. their relationship with Caitlin Deaver because it feels sort of similar to how my, I mean, this is just, again me being like oh my god I love it because it feels like me but I do like their relationship because it's so comfortable but at the same time all parents whether straight or gay they're always like a little unsure like who you're dating at the time in high school or they want to like think that so them thinking that Caitlin and Beanie are dating and like the way that they play into it is mm -hmm. so fun and specific and I feel like so many parents do that and because it's queer it kind of just makes it even more kind of like nice i don't know it just feels so real yeah. and like they have such a like a loving relationship where the parents are like i baked you this i love you biscotti or whatever you know what i mean that's so jordan's like, love language is just true. make me food with puns in the title true yeah but it just feels so tender and i feel like the the thing between these two movies is they are both very tender queer stories which is mm -hmm. so nice to see especially in a major studio comedy where it's not like ha you're gay it's like oh yeah. you're gay let's tell other jokes we're too supportive mm -hmm. And it's like, it doesn't matter. Your parents are always going to be embarrassing. There's right. no way for your parents to not be embarrassing. Mm -hmm. exactly. That's very true. Yeah. I feel like I, I feel like I enjoy the fact that we're getting to the point in these movies where we've moved past the being gay is the joke. And then yes. we've moved past the, we cannot joke about the gay because that would be offensive and we do not want that. And we've moved into the part where it's like, mm, what if gay people who are hilarious and constantly joke about their own gayness were allowed to tell jokes about being gay like they do every day to their gay friends. Um, oh and I feel like that's great. Like I, I feel like I'm seeing that a lot more with, especially with own voices stuff. Um, the one that like just pops to mind, which is slightly different, but kind of very similar vein is, I don't know if you guys have seen the TV show, Everything's Gonna Be Okay. Yes. Um. Yeah, so there's like one of the, like the jokes that gets me every time is there's a character who is um kind of, un her sexuality is very unlabeled. She's gone through this like huge sexuality journey, but it's kind of implied that she's heterosexual, but kind of bi-romantic. She has a girlfriend, but she has sex with men. Her girlfriend's um, asexual. It's really great. It's kind of like this comedy that's gone under the radar for what it's kind of how exciting uh, its portrayal of sexuality and also um, autism is. Um, so this character has this scene where they're in New York and they're on the subway and uh, her brother jokingly is like, I don't know why you're so stressed about this subway ride. Like your people love trains. Um, <laughs> And she's like, those are, that's autistic boys. Like, come on, get your stereotypes right. And it's just so great because it's exactly the kind of like ribbing that a, yeah. a a family member would do who, when you have that kind of trust and that kind of like jokey relationship with each other, that it felt like it was coming from like a really positive place. Yeah. And I really love that we're getting to that point now where we can reflect the sort of like, especially as a British person where we show our affection through absolutely ragging on each other and like yes. just really needling each other in like a very loving way um I very very much am enjoying that kind of uh place being in that place and so having these two characters able to joke about this like in front of the parents kind of it's like clearly an ongoing thing of like how funny is it that your parents think that I'm really playing into it felt like it was 
a, re- a kind of like progression of that. How do we joke about queerness in these movies? If like, do we not mention it? Do we have it be funny or not funny? And it felt like that was just a very authentic thing that that like a straight friend to her like best lesbian friend would do where it's just like, this comes up all the time when I'm around your house. Like, this is so silly. And like, we both know it is. And this is kind of funny for me to like embarrass you in a very loving way. And so, yeah, I really appreciated that as well. Yeah, it's great. And all like Molly's like terrible jokes about like scissoring or like Mm -hmm. just, you know, a a down and then a flip. You go down and then you flip it. Like, Or even like the flirting, like to be able to like joke about like queer flirting where it's not. Because I feel like so many queer movies are like it's yearning or you're like, mm. you know, oh, or it's so like, tortured. Oh my oh, God. I hate yearning so <laughs> much. But I this hate is just, yearning. <laughs> but this one is just like, you have sharp elbows, but not as sharp as your jawline where it's just like, oh my God, that's so cringe. But that's something that like, t- like a straight guy or a straight, you know, like that's such like mm-hmm. heterosexual jokes, but because it's now put in the context of a queer like relationship or like yearning or jokes, you know what I mean? Like that makes it feel so different and so mm-hmm. realistic to like what we would do today where it's like, you can actually make a joke about how awkward it is to flirt as a, a queer person instead of like skirting the issue. So would you be afraid to go to Uganda or, <laughs> I mean, it's so good. The little awkward peace sign. She doesn't know. What oh she's my God. Doing. The peace sign. Oh, um, and I love that she's terrible at lesbian sex the first time that she does it because, of course, like, it's not a, like, he- only heterosexual experience that you don't understand right. how people's bodies work in a sexual mm-hmm. Right, you're way. not gay and you're like, oh, I know I how to get fuck it. so <laughs> yeah. good. Yeah. It's also so really, like, then she pukes all over her. And, like, oh, how so bad. That is. Oh, God. It's so, this is, this movie is, like, very embarrassing in oh, a very yeah. good yeah. way. Should we, like, just shout, I do want to, like, shout out to Olivia Wilde because like i think for a first feature there is a lot of confidence like exhuming behind the camera a way that she balances tone i think is particularly strong and like that you come off of every we sort of already mentioned that huge argument and then you're sort of able to come into this like they both have these individual moments of like their realization and sort of these like nice one-on-ones that like don't tear you away but that still are imbued with some like humor to it there's just a Mm -hmm. lot of like she's so on the nose mm-hmm. with it, how she does her directing in this. She gets how to talk to actors. Of yeah, course. Well, shocking. <laughs> yeah. But, and I think that it's like, this movie also looks very good Jason and it's McCormick. paced very well. And mm-hmm. like the beat drops yeah. <laughs> are really good. Like the needle drops are excellent. It's just like a very well packaged movie. And it's, I think that like sometimes that can get knocked like style over substance, but yeah. like, because the underlying script and like, as far as I understand a huge amount of the credit goes to Katie Silverman, who also wrote set it up another wonderful modern rom-com for like really nailing like what these girls sound mm. like and like w- how the pacing like moves along. Cause set it up is yeah. also like a very well paced movie. Yeah. I think that like with with this movie, it could very easily be one of those kind of like quest narrative movies where you just the pacing is just very predictable because you're like, OK, and then they go to this party and then they'll go to another party. And it's just a lot of set pieces, one after another and blah, blah, blah. And um, I just feel like I've watched so many movies recently that do that kind of pacing. And it just becomes very stagnant, I find, even when the whole point is that they're, they're always moving. It just feels very predictable. Um, and I feel like this movie very much was not. Uh, it was going all, all over the place in so many ways. I guess Billy is kind of a key keystone yes. of that particular energy. <laughs> um, but also because 
we had this ensemble like we had all these other characters who were interesting and that we kind of wanted to peek into their lives a little bit we had both of these leads like slowly learning things about themselves the people around them and each other and then we had the I guess what stereotypically would have been the big finale would uh, in these movies would have been um kind of is set up set up as the romance bit yeah. right like that's the the b plot that's the subplot as it so often is like romance is where it's at and i think that for it to be like a friendship based thing felt very fresh to me like it felt very different to what i was expecting to happen even as like we were kind of slowly inevitably getting to that point and so yeah i i, I definitely think that with exactly what you're saying about the pacing it's that it could have so easily fallen into this like very repetitive rhythm um with them just going between various locations but it just it works so well because of all these other things that have been set up around it um I'm really I'm so so excited for um for her for her like upcoming movies I can't believe that like this is the only one that's out from her I keep thinking in my head like oh yeah I should like watch another one of her movies that she's directed to see like her style and everything and I'm like oh we're like still waiting right. for that Florence Pugh Harry Styles movie like it's yeah. coming soon like I'm we're excited. waiting it's probably it's been so like in cool. the works for like I know. so long yeah. so long I guess that's kind of like with with COVID stuff like there's so many of these movies yeah. that kind of are in that like weird kind of nonsense kind of space of are we in pre-production have we produced it yet like are we right. editing Did are we, we just waiting to release it, it yeah. so it like gets into theaters um so yeah, i'm i'm very excited to see what's going on with her you were saying that there was like some some script issues in terms of trying to pull it together is it is there like a lot of information about who ended up pulling it together or was it much more of like a, everyone had their bit to add and it was just kind of a long process I think it's one of those things where there's a lot of layers on top of it so um Emily Halpern and Sarah Haskins wrote the like original idea book smart as two words that like made it onto the blacklist all the way back in 2009 it was like so long Ooh. ago yeah and then in 2014 Susanna Fogel revised the screenplay and was going to direct and that's when like Annapurna mm. came on but then it was sort of like Fogel sort of either got dropped off or like was asked to leave situation, but Annapurna and Gloria Sanchez, who are the other producers on this, like still had it. Um, And then they pitched it to Olivia Wilde, who was like obsessed with it. And then they brought on Katie Silberman to sort of like do punch up again. But Suzanne Fogel was the one who like made Amy's character a lesbian, like turned it into more of this like overachieving Mm. type thing. And then, Katie Silverman was the one who like really sounds like really tightened it and like brought in the specific like modern comedy that like makes it read so well. Yeah. Um, and according to Katie Silverman, Olivia Wilde's mantra for like all the creative team was that the theme of this movie is that high school is war. High school is like <laughs> combat in the trenches. And I think that that is really ties into like making this feel like the best version of a quest movie where it doesn't feel like you're just like moving down a checklist. It feels like they are actually like learning about each other and also about themselves like as they move through this night. And I think that like it's so smart to book smart. I'm so book smart to inject these like really authentic like genuine moments at times when you don't necessarily feel like you're expecting them in the script mm-hmm. like the back-to-back yeah. karaoke and pool sequence mm. yes makes me cry as soon as like slip Nothing away by gutting. perfume genius kicks in okay like, what was, yeah. their, start what cheering was up. their music budget because this movie is like wall-to-wall music it, it incredible is. needle drop it so is 
I listen to the Book Smart soundtrack all the time because it's, it's good so soundtrack. good. I yeah. mean, I will say the trailer music got overdone because but they every because of, did no, it well, because they did it first, first and then everyone was like, "Oh, that's a really good idea. We should use that in our trailer." And you're like, "No." no. Yeah, but the impact of that oof. one song that I don't even remember the name of. You all I mean, know it. <laughs> dude, that song. I mean, yeah. like we couldn't, you know, copyright reasons we can't play it, but you all know. Mm. You all um, know. Um, I was gonna say like, what's what was I gonna say? An excellent question. I was gonna say something, and then it went out of my brain. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I was gonna say something that was so dickish, but we'll just go with it. Do it. Um, when you were talking about the idea of like super bad, all of these movies, and the quest narrative thing, like it's very. <laughs> and I cannot believe I'm about to say this, like Aristotelian in terms of the idea of like the one night, like it's, yeah. I think that also really works to push up that pressure that like exactly what you said, that idea of like the war in a way that 1914 did in a very different way, but that same <laughs> oh, yeah. like sense of like, we have a very specific time. We have this place to be, but we don't exactly know how to get there. We have these six. And I think that it's a very different genre, but a very similar idea of like, how can we make these, stakes as good as possible and I feel like it was just a really great like the way that the screenplay ended up coming together it it had all of these elements to it that that just served to ensure that this was as tight as possible while still allowing it to have the breathability to bring in these these kind of big characters that might otherwise have been either overshadowed overshadowed the main protagonists or kind of distracted from it or not quite fit with the tone um And so, yeah, basically, I love how this is just me being like, and Booksmart's so great and it's so good and they did a good job. But I'm like, I mean, but like, it is. But that's, <laughs> we have, uh, we have facts to back it up. Right. Hashtag hero's journey come through Joseph yeah, Campbell. I, exactly. I do, exactly. on the script though, like I think that what also, as you, you had sort of mentioned on the ending, but I think it does a really nice job of how it wraps up the relationship with Diana Silvers mm-hmm. and like kind of Jared in a way in like mm-hmm. a very realistic high school way where like Diana Silvers like wouldn't go to Uganda with her. She like they wouldn't have a, like a big momentous kiss after like what happened. But like her kind of giving her her number and the like idea of something feels so real because like mm-hmm. you have these flirtations in these moments in high school where you're like are we going to like be a thing? Are we not going to be a thing? Was this just like a a smooch? I don't know. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. for it to kind of just like, you get the catharsis of them sort of coming together again, but not actually like having this huge romantic kiss, which feels so much more realistic while also being fulfilling to the audience as as a viewer, which is important. And you still get them to kiss. And I mean, it's like the Amy's romantic arc is that she has to talk to a girl. Like that is the extent of her. Who can relate? Literally. Um, Yeah. So I think it's like, it works very nicely because like she achieves her goal and like gets a happy ending, but it's still realistic. Same with like the incredible Jared and Molly kiss at graduation. So good. It's Mm -hmm. lovely. Skylar. And that's all you need. I mean, best actor I would die for him. in Hollywood. Can I just say really quick shout out to the casting director on this film, Allison Jones. You are a god because like the goat. It is it like this movie did not come out very long ago. And 
there is not a single mm. kid in this cast who I have not seen routinely pop up yeah. in yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like, they are all so locked in. It's I not, think, like, popped from this. Yeah. You know? I mean, Molly Gordon, like, right. comes to mind. Mm. Obviously, Caitlin Deaver and Beanie Feldstein have both, like, really exploded. But, like, yeah, Skylar Gisondo and, like, Mason Gooding is in everything because oh he's, he's the most beautiful man yeah. ever. Um, I'm sure that is you know, not hurting him. And yeah, like I really do think that Noah Galvin like is everywhere. It makes me so happy because they're all really good. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think a lot of them are, I don't know if they met on this movie, but like a lot of them are friends. Mm, um, That makes sense. Are friendly. I do think like they're all in this kind of same zone yeah yeah and i'm sure like she kind of pulled the strings too like obviously sudeikis at the time yep but like her <laughs> like lisa kudrow and will forte like i'm sure they're all just kind of pals like i'm this had to be just like a bunch of friends kind of hanging out on set having a good time and that's like the energy you get from this like you just know watching this you're like oh this would have been a fucking blast to work on yes mm-hmm. working in development i think you really like it when you work behind the scenes that way, you really grow to understand like, oh, so much, particularly in comedies when you want people to pop up who you're not expecting, like an incredible amount of like that aspect of your film just hinges on who your friends are. Right. But also like how you use them and like how willing they are to like come in and do the thing for you. But like Mm -hmm. so much of it is just like, well, who are the five people that you can call that, you know, will say yes because we shoot in two weeks and like, we got to get someone in for this cameo. Right. Um, But the fact that like Jason is, I feel like he is so goddamn charming (laughs) in this movie when he picks them up and he's just like, ah, hello. So good. It's it's great. I can't think of a single like, especially performance. I can't think of a single like weak link performance. No, even like the serial killer or whatever his face is. Love that sequence. One of the best sequences ever. Like the fact that they do tie their hair around to be a mask. Brilliant. Yep. Inspired. It's good. I mean, there's so many comedy bits in this that I think like pay off really well and like an endless amount of quotable lines. uh, I think with all that's like all of my notes is just like, oh, this line, oh, this bit. Yeah, this is great. Yeah. Well, hey, do you want to take us through? Let's go through it. Sure. Here we go. Yes, we had said that an hour ago. Um, No, but like, so it starts off. We're with our gals, Caitlin Deaver, Beanie. Here we are. We're in school. Molly they and wake Amy. up. They're listening to Maya Rudolph tell them how great they are and that to start their day. What? Then she picks her up. Yeah. And they, then they compliment go to each other. That's what I love the most about their <laughs> friendship. Where they're like, "You are the most beautiful woman in the world. Do you know that you are a goddess and like the sun shines on you? Like yes. that is so fun and tender." That's also that's what like your real friends like your real I think like female friendship like mm-hmm. high school and college age friends like that is what you do because like you need it very badly particularly at that age. I had like a very close knit of college friends and all that we would do is hype each other up all the time mm-hmm. no matter what. It's just you really do. That's like something that I feel like you feel like you're very lacking um, from the world during that time. <laughs> get emotional on mic (laughs) you have to rely on your friends um but yeah they go to what looks like the most fun high school in all of northern los angeles um with cool teachers including the coolest teachers of course miss fine miss fine um i love her uh yeah yeah. jessica Jessica williams Williams. is wonderful and beautiful and really good in this movie how many times are we gonna say that 20 year old Love it. Theo, Eduardo Franco, who is so good. He's in, he's the one from American Vandal, right? Yes. 
You're he asking is. me to recall something from too long ago. I say yes. He's very. They're all great. They're all excellent. Um, all comedy. Legends. I feel like that intro class sequence really just gets sort of like you had to like have a scene sort of encapsulate the energy and like lay out all of the characters so well in the beginning. It's like four mm-hmm. minutes. You're in and out, and you know every single character that you're going to see throughout the rest of the movie, they and you pack. understand like what their dynamic is, who they are, their POV. It's really. Yep condensed tight storytelling they pack those intros in mm-hmm. i was surprised yeah i really love the little um noah galvin austin crute george and allen theater boys barcelona murder mystery i love their little through line of like that they apparently have like some sordid past relationship that they're like trying to work through yes noah galvin mm-hmm. gets really emotional during the karaoke sequence yes um it makes me happy it's a nice little queer pop for it those is. who care to look for it I mean, they're definitely very coded. <laughs> yeah, but in yeah. the best no, way. I know. Again, this is, I think we've said this on, um, or I don't know if you agree, but like we've said this on like a lot of episodes before that like including queer characters in significant ways in your script in many ways gives you a lot more freedom to be more like coded and like potentially like broader about your queer content in general because it's clear that like you're committing to having queer content mm-hmm. in the first mm-hmm. place so you're not laughing at it right um and it lets you do things like the incredible like over the top murder mystery sequence which is amazing you're yeah. at a 10 i need you at a two etc mm-hmm. i love i mean skylar i should say his shirt with his shirt like that is truly one of the greatest things of all time jordan went as That's jared from book smart yes. for halloween Recreated the shirt. yes no one really got it which was also i think goes to show about this um box office release because one of the halloween parties i went to people were like oh my god what are you and i'm like what do you mean what I'm Jared from Booksmart, the hit film that everyone loves and the greatest character from it. What do you mean you don't know who I am? I can't lie to you, Jordan. That was a pretty, maybe the neat, most niche costume you've ever done. And you have gone as Lewin Davis. That's true. But. And Theodore Twombly. So. It's fine. Come it's on. Fine. Now. I'll walk it off. <laughs> Anyways, continuing forward. I feel like the plot really picks up just once Molly Beanie hears yes. in the bathroom. In their uh, gender neutral bathroom. Yes. Love yes. it that all of these kids are there insulting her and then she takes the affront but finds out that oh my god they're going to stanford and google and all these amazing places but they partied and had fun oh my god i actually think that i maybe would have had a mental breakdown if i saw this in high school because this is exactly how i felt and i don't think that i was like emotionally mature enough to deal with the idea that like you can do it all at the age of 16 like i really don't experience (laughs) sorry truly i really don't think i would have been able i feel like i that would have like kept me up for nights Mm. about being like wait did I did I do this wrong? Which is exactly why I think this like film resonates so well with like, mm-hmm. especially Molly being like, I fucked up. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really interesting that we get, we do get some scenes before this, which is essentially the inciting incident because there's been a lot of talk about, especially media for teenagers, media for young people, wanting to get that inciting incident that used to be X percent through the script, like into almost the first scene. Like it's very there's kind of this idea of like young people have no attention span, like get them, get them in, get them out. Like, let's go, (laughs) let's go. But I think it's because like those scenes we've just talked about, like the class scene where we're introducing everyone, like them hyping them each other up in the morning, like even these short scenes, like they all feel like they have enough 
uniqueness to them, like enough interest that even though they are just introduction scenes to these various characters, they are going to keep people's interest. We don't need to just like have a very, very like start in the principal scene with them both being super annoying and then immediately go to the bathroom and that's our inciting incident. It's page three. Let's go. Like, I really, I really love the kind of taking their time, but not necessarily dwelling where, it, where we don't need to dwell. Yeah. Yeah. And it like, this is a great example of like how to structure a film while keeping your audience's interest at every moment mm -hmm. because it's so packed with mm. jokes and like little funny moments. Like I feel like the, you rarely, especially at the beginning, which is obviously very smart for companies, like you want to get people really hooked right off the bat. But like yeah. the, the way to do that is not to just like rush them through like as many plot points as we can. It's to like bring the jokes up to like a really high quality from like the Density very beginning yes yeah. like this movie is dense with jokes there's yeah. like barely a scene that goes by where there's not like a bit happening of some sort yeah, yeah. and you know it, it does the thing that i appreciate the most and that like it does not sit with its jokes yeah. it moves yeah. past them extremely quickly um probably like the, i feel like the longest running gag is when the girls are complimenting each other right like mm -hmm. anytime uh a movie gets to a point where the other characters have to be like uh guys it drives me up the wall because like the audience has already arrived at that conclusion right. we don't need the characters to tell us that so i just really appreciate like let's just move it along jokes wise yeah let's just keep it going even like like the throwaway lines like the ken burns line about the dust bowl, oh yeah dust bowl I, can like, wait bitch like yeah. that gets me every time because like all like I don't know why, but like the specificity of it. And like, of course these characters would watch like Ken Burns documentaries. Like that is so good. And like, it doesn't feel dated. And I feel like we had sort of touched upon this a little bit, but like, even though this movie was 2019, there's like a way, right? Tw 2019. 20, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's like comedies or like things that come out, even like within the same year can sometimes immediately feel like so dated, but yeah. there's a, this movie walks such an interesting line where it feels modern and the jokes feel modern but it doesn't feel dated and it like all of the humor still hits. Mm -hmm. And I'd be curious to like to revisit it in like a couple years or so, but it still feels so fresh, which I think is really shocking for a comedy like this because it, it's so rare for sometimes these movies to actually be able to have that. I feel like the secret sauce is that they use their pop culture references one very sparingly mm. and two yeah. like as a commentary mm. like I Jason Sudeikis's Cardi B line right. is hilarious but it's like you don't buy that this man like is actually in touch right um yeah and you know there's I think like a very uh, there's like a boost built in to the fact that like Molly and Amy are losers and like they care about Ken Burns mm -hmm. they don't care about whatever you want to say is like the topic the du jour yeah. but yeah that's like a huge plus and I also think just like a very universal idea of like leaving school kind of pressure your the pressure to like to achieve to have everything and the way that your like relationship with your friends changing after you leave school, like those are all pretty universal. And I feel like I'm not, unfortunately, I feel like there's not really a lot of time, anytime soon are we gonna have young people coming out of school and being like, wow, I feel no pressure. I am just <laughs> yeah. vibing, like everything is gonna be fine and I'm just gonna get a job and it's gonna be great. And I don't have to be ultra competitive, get into the best university for a chance of some kind of stable career. Um, and so I think it worked in a very similar way to, I guess, other teen movies that have really stood the test of time in a way that specifically B 
because they still feel relevant. And I feel like Mean Girls is one that that mm, yeah. we can always come back to again because it is this very universal theming of like feeling the pressure to fit in, like losing yourself to this version of yourself that isn't necessarily the best version of yourself, but it's the one that is helping you survive high school. Right. Um, and I think there are other, like you mentioned Angus songs and Perfect Snogging, like that is one that doesn't stand the test of time in terms of still being relevant, I think, but it is specifically because of the nostalgia factor. Like what yeah. a lot of those, those era, like British ones, like Wild Child, St. Trinian's is like, it's still fun because it's so kind of like campy and, and like old dated, you know, into the 2000s, like kind of in spite itself. Um, but I do, I do agree with you that I think this one is one that will, continue to feel like it's relevant for those kind of thematic reasons and and that kind of lack of we're going to capitalize on pop culture references right. to kind of make these jokes so yeah i think i think it definitely definitely is is a good move from them i think to for it to kind of have that that fine line balance and the, the humor is also character based too like mm -hmm. everyone like all of billy's jokes are so much about like her specific like enigmatic persona that she has yep, where yes. she'll just appear anywhere and is like a ghost like is like living in my eggs or I whatever. I lost her virginity in uh, a graveyard and now the right. ghost spirits live inside my eggs Amazing. waiting to be reborn. Thank you. Right. But like that or like Jared just like the specificity of him like wearing gloves or where he like has like the certain tape on when they get in. He's oh, like the I'm like a feminist like look, look at me listening to this and he's like get consensually bashed. Like everyone has like their humor and it because yeah. it's so specific that like helps it where it's not just like broad humor everyone has the same jokes where it's like oh we all have our own jokes that contribute to the whole and that obviously mm -hmm. plays into the ensemble but yeah makes it feel fresher and nice no yeah i totally agree i mean like molly gordon is queen of like the closing scene lines mm. in this like she has like three that just yeah. like totally shut down the scene and like make the quick cut to whatever it is so much better totally. it's the I'm incredible at hand jobs, but I also got a 1560 on the SATs, which is obviously an all-time line when she's driving Molly yeah. home and she's like, wait, where the fuck do you live? Right. And then Smash cut too. Yeah. At graduation yeah. when she's like, did you fuck Miss Fine? That, Smash that cut. That one's so good. <laughs> it's makes me so happy. She's so talented. Yeah. I love her. She's great. I love her. If uh, you haven't seen Shiva Baby, she's excellent in that film. You this should is a have, plea baby. to all the listeners. Rowan, for you, are there any like major sequences or scenes that like stand out to you that you like love or really like kind of like connect with you super well that we haven't maybe mentioned? All of them. No. Um, <laughs> I know. It's, <laughs> there's so many. <laughs> I just think that like one of the, even as they're going through each of the parties, like those different energies and those different aesthetics kind of work really well to give in its own little flavor. And I think that that then gets like boosted up to 10 with the um, doll scene. Oh, the, that's yeah. what I was going to bring up. Yeah. <laughs> Having a bad trip. Um, and having those like the doll hallucinations, which is also like, it's like doubly funny because as you're watching, you're like, we're going to get to see what they actually look like at some point during the sequence. Like it's almost funnier because you're like, I cannot wait to see them thinking that they're dolls. Like this yeah. is great. Um, as someone who again, like has, uh, doesn't do drugs, but has like went to university with people who did, um, watching people be high is very funny because they often afterwards will be like, oh, man, we were just like so creative and connected and like blah, blah, blah. And you've watched them just like sat on a sofa. <laughs> I had some friends who I came, came into the living room cause it was backed onto my bedroom. And at 2 AM they were still blasting out a Sagira Ross concert. And I was like, guys, you need to go to bed. Like it's so late. And I went in expecting them to be like 
fully functioning human beings watching this video because we had um, a projector rather than a TV across like one wall in our living room. And they fully were just sat on the sofa staring at a desktop screensaver because the, the laptop had turned itself off oh, to sleep. Oh, the swirly business. <laughs> the swirling. And I was just like, oh my God. And afterwards they were like, that was so incredible last night. We were so like, just like listening to music like that was incredible. And I was like, transcending. I, I, we're transcending. And I was like, I wish I'd taken a video of you two just like stowed on the sofa. But it was it was that kind of thing of there's there's so many of these little moments where there will be a there will be a thing that happened to you in in school or in college or whatever it is or like with a friend or at a party that you're like oh no like this is too real in so many ways like whether you were someone who was watching it happen or experiencing it um or hearing about it secondhand um and so I feel like there's always those that's what's so kind of interesting is these little moments I will say there is controversially I wasn't so into the hope and Amy thing yeah it kind of felt like it came out of literally nowhere. Um, and I wasn't very convinced by it. But like part of me is like, I did say that I hated yearning earlier and this was the most opposite of yearning. And that it yeah. was like, what if we never spoke to each other and then we and were then making we out. And we, what then if we, we fucked were into kind each other? of like not really very well. We like yeah. hated each other. And then I like came to your house and I'm like, mm, yeah, I guess like we just, I guess there's no yearning. So I got what I asked for. Yeah, like technically I got what I asked for. This is a a very good anti-yearning movie because the two people that they're yearning after end up hooking up with each other. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. on just the doll scene, just because you mentioned it, oh, I no, love please. also that Caitlin Deaver ends up like loving her doll body. Yes. She's like, Oh my god, yep. like, I want to stay as a doll forever. She's like, Look at these mounds, and you're like, This is so good <laughs> because it also like breaks whatever you know the feminist angle that like she was not like the feminist angle, but like you would never expect this character that you've seen throughout exactly. the movie just to be like, Oh my god, I love this Barbie body. Like, that's what makes it so fun. It's nice. Yeah. I also think that's like a nice sort of like sapphic, right? Woman exactly. Angle where you're yeah. like, Yeah, I mean, tits, right? Ass, like, yeah, what? oh my god, it looks so wow. hot. Okay, um, yeah, it makes me so happy. The if we haven't said the three parties that they go to are Jared's yacht party <laughs> and Marina yeah. Del Rey, Jared alone. Are you prepared to get consensually bashed? I mean, that's the best party. There's a masseuse. There's I know. A Why DJ, would you not want to stay there? There iPads. You should all be there. Yes. Um, And I love him. He's my boy. So He's tender. the nicest boy. Oh, he just wants people to like him. Yep. Yep. And I, I mean, an underrated line, I feel like, is when Molly's like, stop it. You can't buy people's affection. He's like, uh, no. He's I'm, like, pretty I'm pretty sure you, sure you can. can. My parents, My parents have, do it all the time. Their parents have. Um, it makes me so happy. He just wants to design airplanes. Right. And then, and then fund musicals theater. because revivals. We don't want revivals anymore. <laughs> My king. He's the best. He's he's the dream boy. Um, yeah. I mean, this is also like, I feel like in the, the tradition of great LA movies, this is a movie that deals very well with how difficult it is to get from Marina True. Del Rey to Glendale. It's like an hour drive, honey. Yeah. And like they have to... They the the transportation fiasco always so good um makes me really happy as well as their phones like constantly dying i usually hate that that's a thing that i like i'm so frustrated that modern movies always have to deal mm. with is the phone Phones, but like yeah. yeah i i like fully um the one of my favorite like queer movies pride um has a very niche south london transport joke and mm. i was like as if i couldn't like this movie anymore just for me just for these very <laughs> small people amount of people in this audience who understand that very niche reference so any trans any transportation related jokes are like good good with me 
Yeah, it makes I, me happy. It feels so, yeah, as you're saying, it feels so real. Also, them getting their teacher's number and, like, the the joy that it brings them. Like, so honestly, that is pretty fucking cool to get your teacher's number in high school. I don't if know. If you're gay, getting your English teacher's number. Right, that's, exactly. Hit, like, that's exactly. it. That's what flex. you wanted. Exactly. Yeah. And it's this whole part of growing up, of being like, oh, we don't have to have this like very professional relationship anymore. Like we can mm-hmm. kind of be friends. Right. Um, I still I will, feel oh, sorry. like it happens. They yeah. would definitely not fit in Miss Fine's clothes though, because Jessica is like, she looks like she's tall, tall. Yeah. And like both of them are small, small. <laughs> so <laughs> the clothes would not fit, but they both look great. There, it's a serve. It's yeah. a serve. So yeah, after the uh, the yacht party, they hit up the murder mystery party. Yes. Um, which is amazing. And when he's mouthing along to the lines, yes. it's so good. And I like that Noah Galvin has sequestered his family in the kitchen, and his they're like not like, Fuck allowed you. to come out. Um, excellent. Uh, and then his finally, he's like, <sighs> the bell ringing. It's all good. And then finally, they arrive yes. to Nick's party. The main party. The yes. main party. I love that little um, fantasy dance sequence between oh my Mason Gunning and Beanie mm-hmm. Feldstein. I forgot about that. Oh, my yeah. gosh. There's nothing better than a dance scene in the middle of a movie. It makes me so happy. I want to watch more stuff that Mason Gooding is in because I absolutely love him in this movie. Have you not, he was in like four movies that I we've know. definitely seen this year. Scream. I haven't seen Scream yet. Don't oh. come for me. What I will. Was, he was in something else though. He, he pops up in stuff. Yeah. Um, he was just in I Want You Back, which he's great in, but he's like barely That's, in it for yeah. like five minutes. But like the whole sequence where he's flirting with Molly in like the exact way that she wants to be flirted yes, with. Like yes. again, the Harry like, Potter. Oh, you're a Slytherin a Ravenclaw. Half Slytherin, half Ravenclaw. The like that exact bit or I'm like, this is exactly what she wants. This is not the movie saying like, this is how we should all flirt with each other. This right. is like exactly what Molly wants to hear. Yes, exactly. Um, I Which just makes it also so much better that exactly. it is like Harry Potter at that time at too. At that specific time. Because it's this, so yeah, accurate. It's like, Oh God, the juice that is cooking with, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think he's really charming in like that whole sequence, and obviously, like he's yeah. so good looking. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, hot cast, absolutely hot like, across the board. Be denied. Um, I have a real hot spot for Nico Haraga, who is the guy in the backwards overalls. Oh my God, he's a fit, a cutie pie. Um, yes, and of course Molly Gordon. Out of all the beautiful um women in this movie, mm. Molly Gordon was the one I came away being like. Um, yes. Hello? I got the thing. Well, that was me with Diana Silvers. But then also, I fumbled my one chance. I think I, I probably told yeah, you this you story. Yeah, you have. So in LA, there's like Silver Lake and like a reservoir. And I was doing mm-hmm. like a run around it, sweating. It's like 80 degrees, the middle of summer. I look fucking disgusting. And I think it's like the year of Booksmart. And I like mm-hmm. physically run into Diana Silvers. And it was like, I was like, oh, fuck. And then I like look at myself and just like sprint off. I've never felt so awkward <laughs> in my life. Truly a disaster. And one of our friends who also really likes her ran into her in an elevator yes. at work. Yeah. Um, I'm just waiting, I guess, for my Diana Silver's Come on the pod to happen. She's also very good. She's I like yeah. when she pops up. In I things. like the it's like a specific thing, but I like the walk that she does after the final scene where she's like walking away. She kind of like weirdly like goes in the angle when she's like kind of like in her head mm-hmm. and i feel like that is something that i don't know i do and like a lot of people do <laughs> when Jordan. you're like after you like have like a big romantic gesture or like like moment with someone and you're like overwhelmed and you're like i like don't know how to walk anymore you know what i mean like i feel like that's real uh-huh. i don't know oh sure. no <laughs> uh. <laughs> um i don't know 
quiet. I or respect like, you. Know, like, you. When you're like so full of like feelings, and you like kind of like fumble your way through stuff. No. Wow, you're just too cool for the pod, Brooke. I have lots of we feelings. We just never felt anything in our lives, you know? Yeah. So mm, Okay, yeah. big relate, yeah. Yeah, I no, it's you. okay. This is an extremely relatable movie on Absolutely, many levels. deeply, yes. I love her friend's jacket. It makes mm. me really happy. A lot of good fits Ooh. in this movie. Mm-hmm. The jumpsuits, of course. Aforementioned hits. backwards overalls. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then their final set piece is at graduation. Right. Yes. Um, Jared's mm-hmm. car, we should shout out, is fucking incredible it is so ugly but yes. in the best way yes. and his mm-hmm. license plate says fuck boy which is hilarious also like the fact that they that like the set piece at graduation is like because they trade information with the police about a serial killer, yes. which is which is like I guess was a you know check off serial killer earlier on. Yeah, like, we really, he was like we were like I guess he's coming back at some point. At the end, is leverage excellent? Just if you like jail. aren't paying attention in that sequence though, for like when they hold on the shot of him, like you completely would like not get it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's perfect. It's like the right amount of absurdity that you want to inject into this because it's like. I, I, of course it's absurd, but it's something that could actually happen. Right, right. It makes mm-hmm. me so happy. And it's then so their final little bit at the airport. Um, I always thought it was so nice that it kind of ends with like one last ride with like not them saying goodbye, mm. even though I know that that's probably like the cliche way where we're like, right. well, we don't want to end it on a sad note. So let's yep. just end it with them like going to get pancakes. But yeah. like, again, it's a really lovely smash cut that like leaves you on a nice high. They just have such good friend chemistry. They really do. Um, There's nothing like also driving to an airport to end your movie. Like Lady Bird does it so well. <laughs> this does it so well. We are just in the car to the airport, fucking emotional. Another like, core Los Angeles experience. Thing. Absolutely. <laughs> Suffering at the airport. Into that airport. <laughs> I honestly, I was like this is a lovely ending but there was a big part of my brain that was like i'm worried that they are not gonna get like getting going to driving away from the airport to get pancakes feels like a strange decision right uh, when you like how early were you gonna be at this airport this feels uh dangerous but mm-hmm. sure yeah go be friends g- kids like go right. go like, to your park get like coffee maybe at the airport mm-hmm. like something mm-hmm. but they like park learned. up in the short stay like go <laughs> yeah. pre-security to some kind of like exactly. diner pre-security exactly yeah. oh yeah the good silver diner right but they've learned that they need to live for the moment and they can do it at all but i yeah. also as Stressful. a person as a person with chronic uh airport anxiety definitely mm, would never no. leave the airport once you've already arrived no 100 no and i've never even come close to missing a flight on no. my own terms oh god no and yet yeah. and yet it still doesn't go away no. yeah i feel like it would but it wouldn't quite have been the same if molly's like let's go get pancakes and maybe it's like uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually quite anxious about this flight. Like, I need to go. Like, this is Botswana. Like, it's calling me. Like, I need to leave. Yeah. Like, not quite the vibe. Like, wouldn't have not, worked so well. Yes. Not quite there yet. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So good. Great film. Good movie. Ten out of ten. Packed to the brim with quotes. If you haven't seen it, literally, I know, what are the you is, doing? Like, you could go line for line through yes. this goddamn thing and be like, "Oh, this is a good joke. Oh, this is a good joke." I can't even pick a favorite. No. Um. Mm-hmm. Although all of Billy Lords are obviously a standout oh just because it's the correct amount of chaotic energy. She's so um, good. When she fucking flings herself off the boat, she yes. or like when she even like yeets into the pool. I'm like, this girl. Spent, Jared. <laughs> fucking spent. Um, I think my I've just realized. Oh, no, go for oh, it. Oh, no, you go for it. I was just going to say, when we were earlier talking about like how we got kind of what we thought when we first saw this movie, et cetera, I had totally forgotten 
where I first saw this movie, which is, it was a screener, which I'd never been to before as like for doing YouTube stuff. I'd always gone for like doing um, movie reviews and stuff, like as a, just as a kind of journalist. And um, I didn't realize that there was gonna be stuff before the movie. I was just like, yeah, you just go to the screening time. Like this is how we normally do it. And I arrived and they'd set up like an entire like high school party in the, in this lobby. And it, there was literally like five minutes for the film. And so these poor people who were organizing it, who clearly hadn't made it clear enough that there was going to be stuff yeah. beforehand was literally like, let's go, let's go. Like get a Polaroid picture over here. Like here's some pizza. And so we just like, were all carrying this like leftover pizza into oh the cinema God. after this like very chaotic, uh, like little Polaroid of us, like in front of like a book smart sign <laughs> and just like ate pizza through this movie. So I'm like, maybe also my, my love of it came from the fact that I was eating pizza while watching it in a cinema. That feels like mm. quite a nice, uh, very fitting, very nice way of, of a first viewing. That That's is a, a great, fucking awesome first viewing. Great yeah. viewing experience. I would just want pizza with every movie I watch from now on. Like yes. that really feels like, why am I, if I'm ever watching a movie now without it, I'm going to be like, what am I doing? Like I need to, I need to go get pizza right now. This is, this is a subpar experience. I really tipping the pizza angle right now. I I'm was like, going to say, fuck, do I get pizza for lunch now? Like that sounds right so now? good. We could. I, we can. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you know what? Live your dreams. Don't let mm. your dreams be dreams. Do get you that guys, pizza. Do you know what, like, do you guys have like Alamo draft houses or like food movie theaters over there? Not or no? so much. There's a few places that do stuff, but like, a lot of them, um, there's like one in particular that does like proper food. They have like pies and stuff that you do. But then I feel like they really didn't think through the fact that you would then be sitting in a dark theater eating it because it's not like handheld stuff. It's not stuff that you can just eat. Mm. So I like went in with a, me and my friend went in like with a full pie minster pie and very, I like, as the lights were about to dim, like it dimmed slightly for the trailers. And I was like, I think I'm just going to cut this up right now into bite-sized pieces because this is like going to be an absolute yeah, mess yeah. if I try and do this otherwise. Yes. It's I was at the Alamo Draft House mm. recently and I almost spilled my pint of Blue Moon everywhere because Classic. it was too dark yes. <laughs> yep. and I could yep. not see. So. It is that like fine line where you have to like, there's perfect in like eating food there. Like I always get like a burger or like they like That's pizza, good. which is like a pizza, good pizza. in between where you're like, it's a hand. It's simple. I know where it's going. But like, if you have like wings or something that's like, messy you're just no, like it's not gonna not. fucking work no way no. yeah well hey this is a great pizza movie this um, is. it's a good mm -hmm. sleepover movie yeah. incredible yes. sleepover oh movie. my gosh yes get a pizza get a get a sleepover do mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. my sister and i, I want to say played a drinking game to this once and it was a wonderful drinking game what was movie the, what were the rules um i think we like it was like uh it was some really good stuff it was like drink, drink if you laugh drink every time jared's a feminist drink every time like billy lord <laughs> reappears we should tweet out like a uh we should Make I'll like a try PDF to find and it. Make a rule sheet. Yeah, yeah, I will say I can't take credit for the drinking game. I uh, found it somewhere online, but it was really amazing. good. Well, let's let's um, claim it. Let's take yeah. it as ours. It though. was like the best version where like you're drinking to celebrate the movie instead of drinking right. about all the yeah. terrible things, like the room or um, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. um, great movie for all occasions. Absolutely. So it came out. It came out in truly one of the most famous Annapurna releases of all time. Yeah, where it just opened in 2,500 theaters and dropped 50% <laughs> its first weekend. Oh my God. And it came out in May. It was supposed to be like the beginning of the summer. Like it, but I will say, uh, like you said earlier, Rowan, it actually did 
pretty well. Mm. Six million dollar budget, which is crazy impressive because really this movie okay, looks amazing. Place. Yeah, and because like, it's all just teens. Like you don't need yeah well, exactly like twenty somethings as teens. Like you don't mm-hmm. need to have you don't a, have an that cast. price yeah. tag. Yeah. Um. So it's opening weekend. It made seven million. So it made back its budget in opening weekend, which we'll take it. Um. And yeah, it made twenty two million dollars domestic, twenty four million dollars worldwide, and has enjoyed a long life on streaming. It's on Hulu. I think like forever yeah, it's it appears to be Hulu, yeah. um so that's great and it's so rewatchable in the best way totally and it makes me extremely happy and it looks like it was truly like just such a blast to film absolutely and we love it oh yeah and yes Should all right we, you know they're book smart in this movie but are am you i be... letterboxed <laughs> smart let's see wow. you could have said box to smart but oh, it's like kind right. of too late now okay, okay. honestly uh, so I know we all love this movie because obviously it's a great movie and we have fantastic taste and how could we be knocked? But I think the letterbox community is not as hot on this movie as I am just because I think of it's, I don't know. Or mm, really? I don't know. And I'm not just saying that because I know what the, I just have like a lot of people on my friends list have it as like three to three and a half. And I don't have it. So incorrect. Okay. I have it so much higher. Fuck. Now I am unsure because of you saying that, uh, let's go like three, Six. Okay. Ron, would you care to put in a guess? Not required, but I'm I'm not gonna put a so I'm gonna say it's oh it's above that. Above okay. what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. That's my I'm I'm doing like the higher or lower version of this game. I like, I love it. It. I like it. This is the elite letterbox right now. Oh it's fuck. a three point nine. Ah. Um people like this movie. Nice. Most people give it four what, stars. What the heck is with my friends list then? Uh, you clearly need new friends. New, I don't know followers. what to tell you. Um but yeah, five thousand five hundred thousand people. One of our most popular letterbox yeah. ones. I've watched yeah. it. Yeah. It's a great film. It came out like during the height of letterbox like being the cool thing that everyone yeah. was into. Exactly. Um and it's quite good. It's, like I said, it's endlessly quotable. It's so much fun. Um, and any quibbles that you have with it, I think are really like pretty surface level. Yeah. It's just a good movie. Sometimes the movie is good. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. But sometimes, is the movie gay? That's the question. Oof. Oof. Where is it landing on the queer quadrant for you, Brooke? Okay, so it's like, I mean, not to be boring, but what do am I really asking this film to do more than to it's be more? doing? Yeah. I think like I actually agree with what you said, Rowan, about like the hope and Amy relationship like Mm. there's there's definitely like something a little abrupt about it but I think like what's important is that like we have a queer lead who's very three-dimensional but is also gay at the same time and Mm. like I we can all relate to having a crush on a girl who skateboards um who then turns out to be straight um classic classic. uh and uh I think that like I don't know. I just love the character of Amy so much. And I love that that aspect is so like baked into who she is and like yeah. a huge part of the story. And I don't want to knock it for only being like, okay, but it's like only one of the main characters. Um, so all that being said, I'm going to give it five stars. Hey. Yeah. I mean, again, it's like, I don't know what else I could have no, asked yeah. for. No, I feel similarly. I think it's sort of agreeing with you, Rowan, that it is very quick with that relationship but I feel like it's almost not necessarily the point of the movie. I feel like the point of the movie is Amy being gay. And I feel like that is where it excels is like, it's really just like so baked into her character, into the humor of the movie, 
there's just a lot of supporting queer characters having a lead is queer and not having it be like hot you're gay jokes but like she's already out i'm gay let's joke about it and like let's dig into this humor i don't know fam like this is a fucking (laughs) easy five for me so that's all i gotta say how are you feeling do not feel pressured do not feel pressured by our don't feel don't feel pressure smarted so i will say this is the same like if I was giving this just like a rating rating just in general like how much I enjoyed the movie I feel like this same element is informing my decision which is that it's not that it's a perfect movie but it's a perfect movie for what it is trying to do um and I think that that's like how ultimately you should judge movies is like within the context of its genre its target audience like what exactly it's trying to do with its messaging with its characters like did it succeed in that not did it succeed in like me liking the movie or or like critics liking the movie and i think for like both of these categories in that case like it's a five I love wow that look at that it makes me so happy great another and edition this week another addition to the rainbow standard do 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 do, do. Woo. wow jordan will Yay. insert we love to nice see music it here um makes me so happy wow that's great i like felt like going and i was like this is probably going to be a five right yeah but, but like you're watching it you're like oh this is just an easy five it feels well deserved yeah. it, it really does feel like it took like all of those aspects into like careful consideration and yeah. like really baked it into the movie it did love to see <sighs> rowan thank you so much for being here you a are delight. having me this is so much fun uh, we would go to high school with you any day. Any day. <laughs> uh, we I, would, w- I would not go back there. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, uh, you're, you're welcome. <laughs> no. <laughs> Happily crash a series of parties with you. Um, next time, all three of us mm. are technically okay. on the same continent. Um, you are the best, and obviously, people should check out everything that you're doing. So, what are you up to, and where can people find you? Yeah. So the the main place I am on the internet is YouTube. I do video essays around um, LGBTQ plus subjects, pop culture, history things like that um so if you search rowan ellis i'll be there there's like two channels it's me and a, like a bodybuilder i think so it's very obvious which one is the blue head lesbian um <laughs> and then as i kind of mentioned earlier i have a co-host um the quit movie podcast if you are if you're listening to this i assume into podcasts that might be of interest um and then i also have a book coming out in may 3rd Ooh. of may called here and queer which is essentially like a non-fiction guide to life for teen girls and young women so it talks a lot about our history and culture and identities and has a lot of kind of information and very heartfelt anecdotes and just generally about the joy of queerness so if that sounds up your street you can uh, pre-order it now it Hell sounds yeah. like a book that I would have absolutely loved to have when I was younger, and I absolutely will be buying it. I bet and these gals absolutely yes. would have had it on their shelves. Oh, of course. Right oh, beside yeah, I would, have been. <laughs> I would die. That was like, it, I, this is the, these two girls are the exact target audience in my head, I guess. It's like, yes, it's like the lesbian who's come out in high school and is figuring stuff out, and then the overly supportive best friend who's like, I bought myself a copy as well as an ally. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, great. That's the mood. That's great. That's all the target audience you need. We love that, yeah. <laughs> um, we are also online. We if you are. would like to find us, mostly on Twitter, I'm a Brooke B. Solomon. Jordan H. Gus. And we're together at Queer Quadrant. And you can find this podcast on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts and wherever else you care to get your podcast. Drop us a rate or a review or a subscribe Straight or A's a only. tweet at us. Do yes. it, do it, do it. Do it. Tweet at us and tell us what you think about Booksmart. Maybe your favorite quotes, your favorite characters, mm. anything that's kind of in this zone that you'd like to see more of. Some blockers love. Don't be shy. Ooh, absolutely. Um, Please. 
and you know let us know what you might like to see us cover in the future and what are we covering in the future brooke we are throwing it back just a little bit um we are covering a big bold beautiful brassy musical that i'm very excited about next week it's moulin rouge let's go um yeah a little bit very different in terms of what we're going to be discussing from this movie and like how the queerness Queerness is going to be interpreted but you know we have the range we have we're going to throw a big party (laughs) with both that's our connective synergy you know it's a party a party movie situation you know that the theater nerds in this movie have thrown a moulin rouge party before so oh yeah i mean the murder mystery party is really not that far off oh no it's like one step (laughs) just got to drop a little absinthe in there um anyway so tune in next week uh for that and brooke do you have anything you would like to leave our smart book listeners with the way that skylar Gisondo says traffic was nerds in my opinion Mm. deserved the best sporting oscar i think his whole performance i agree